Let's uh, talk about prayer. What is it? Why do we do it? Is there a right way and a wrong way to pray? Who knows? That's why we're going to talk about it. So let's get into that. Welcome to Talking with Intention, a Christian podcast about self-betterment through meaningful conversation. I'm Michael Collins. My co-host is Walter Somerville, and in every episode, we sit down to talk about something that we find meaningful or something that we're still trying to figure out. We're not experts. We just believe that life is better when we're intentional about it. I hope you love the show. One thing that has started me thinking about this, which might be a good place to start because it's where everybody starts at some point, is I eat lunch with 6th and 7th graders, my middle schoolers, and normally I pray for the meal and then we jump into it. But recently I've been calling on different 6th and 7th graders asking if they want to say the prayer. And some of them, you know, have grown up in Christian homes their whole life. They know how to say the right things, how to, you know, say a prayer out loud. And so they're happy to say the prayer. And then... Others, I'll like ask them if they want to, and you know, I've heard it before, but it just hit me afresh. They're like, "Oh, I don't know how to pray," yeah. and so just, it just that's mainly why I thought how oh, that could be an interesting topic because at some point everybody has to say their first prayer on their own, yeah. right? And it's a really kind of strange thing to grapple with. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> what you just talked about got me thinking of that movie, uh, Catch Me If You Can, the Leonardo DiCaprio yes, movie. Yes. He's like, he sits down to pray and he's never prayed before and he starts reciting that story his the, dad used to say. Yeah, two mice fell into a yeah. barrel of cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that they love awesome. it. And the yeah. family around the table all loves it. Yeah. But it is interesting. And so like, my gut response to the kid that was like, oh, I don't know how to pray. I was like, well, you know, it's like you're talking to a friend. And so I kind of talked to the whole class about it uh, and just encouraging those of them that did pray to continue to pray and those that didn't to start praying. So I was, asked them, I was like, look, guys, how do you, how do you get to know somebody? You, those of you that have friends here, how do you get to know somebody? How do you how do you know that this person's your friend? Because, you know, some of you guys are good friends and some of you know each other, but you're not good friends. And I was like, the way you can tell or that I can tell is by looking at who you're talking to. And I was like, it's the same thing with God. If you're talking to him, that's how you can tell and grow your relationship with him. Um, and if not, that might be a good indication that you don't have a full relationship with him which was probably more convicting for myself than it was for them, um, if I'm honest. But yeah, I don't know. People talk about different ways to pray, and we have the Lord's Prayer in the Bible. Um, you know, Jesus teaching the disciples how to pray. He tells them, you know, gives them this, how does it, go? How does it start? Um, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And I, that's the part that I remember. There might be a little bit more, but I don't I think, think that's so. It. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, which, you know, so there's prayers, and I know especially in Catholic churches, there's a lot of recited prayers and there's... And then there's prayers that, you know, you say a prayer before a meal, you say a prayer before you go to bed at night. Most of the time, at least that's what we did growing up, was we 
would pray before every meal. Usually dad would pray before the meals. And then he would ask me or my sister to pray at night when we're going to bed. And I remember we always had, we would say the same prayer every single night. Yeah. How'd it go? It was said, we said, um, dear Jesus, thank you. Or no, dear Jesus. Um, I don't know if we say thank you for this day or something like that, but then we would always say, help us to have good dreams and no bad dreams. That's what Amy Amen. still prays often. <laughs> so that's awesome. No, <laughs> yeah. she still got it. Yep. Um, but yeah, I remember that. And I remember like, we'd say it every night and I've wondered too, cause I have a lot of prayers cause you know, me and summer will pray before meals and before we go to sleep at night. And a lot of it can get repetitive. You say the same thing. Oh, and I'm like, I've wondered about that before. Like, is this, is this losing something by getting repetitive? And I think it's possible, but it's also possible for you to repeat some, the same prayer every day, your entire life and it never lose anything. You know, I think the key thing, the key part of saying a prayer is communicating with God. Just like you were talking about, you build that relationship by talking, you know, it's not just talking at God or talking at, you know, the air around you. Maybe your mind isn't even on God, but it's about communicating. Yeah. You know, you have to communicate with somebody to be able to form that relationship. If nothing, if they're not listening to you, then you're not communicating. Or if you're not listening to them, you're not communicating. If they're not understanding you, you're not communicating, right? There's so many things that can get in the way of communication, Luckily, God does listen to us, yeah. thankfully. Um, yeah, and that's, I mean, from this kid's perspective, I could tell that was like a big, it's a really strange thing to talk to somebody that you can't see. And, you know, this is really classic new believer stuff. You know what? I'm talking to God. Where is he? Does he talk back? Am I just speaking at all? You know, it's, there's a lot of questions that come with the territory of like trying to figure out how are we talking to God and even more questions, the more you think about it, like, wow, okay, the all powerful, all righteous God is listening to me speaking in completely imperfectly with a sinner's tongue. And it's like, how is that even allowed? I know. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's so... It falls so short, like infinitely short of of what God deserves, right? Or the words that we're able to string together. But it is what it's what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> it's less than he deserves, but it's exactly what he wants is us to form that relationship with him and talk to him and spend time with him. Yeah. And there's one there's a you know, a valid question that some people might raise, which is like well, you know, if God's all-knowing, what do I have to talk to him about? Um, which is a fair point, but, the, you know, again, the goal is it's relational. That's what sets Christianity apart from all of the religions that I'm aware of, is that it's a relational religion where we, as Christians, can enter into a real close and personal relationship with the God of the universe. And so it's not just about you know, it's not purely just communication. It's also relationship building, I think. Because if it was just communication, there would be no need to tell him anything. Yeah, it's we not just... Ask, I think, you know... It, yes, that's true. You're right. It's more than communication 
for sure. I think, you know, that's something, it's interesting to think about it. He's all-knowing, but he tells us to ask him for things, and he tells us to pray. Why is that? Well, it's definitely not because he doesn't know about things before we tell him. That's ridiculous. He already knows, all right? So he doesn't need us to tell him, so why would he ask us to tell him? It's for us. For our own benefit. It's for our benefit. It's not for his benefit. It's not so that he can, oh, wow, I didn't know that, you know? It's so that we can gain more of him from and more of that relationship that relationship is for us the prayers are for us right it's for our we're the ones benefiting from prayer and i think it's because he knows like we're really good at talking with other people and we understand that part of having relationship and so he allows that to be one of the means by which we relate to him and so just making it a speaking thing you know rather than just an unconscious thing that's happening all the time he knows people are verbal processors maybe and so being able to talk and also if you like you already mentioned it's for our own good but especially when we're asking for something i think it really helps us to process and really offer things up to god and just say here's here's my request here's and it you know like you said a lot of it is just stuff that is happening in our own hearts here i think a big part of prayer big benefit and a big reason for prayer is to bring our will more in line with his will right because i just think about the examples that we have of prayer in scripture we have the lord's prayer that jesus tells us and we also have one other uh, or another example is jesus praying in the garden before he's arrested right and he prays Father, if there's any other way, let this cup be, let it pass from me. Let's do, if there's another option, let's do that. But nonetheless, not my will, but yours be done. And that is like, that messes with my head because it's like, one, it shows just like the way, another way that we should be praying is to, it's that dying to ourselves and not putting our will first but letting God, you know, saying, God, your will is more important than mine. So this is what I want. I'm going to tell you about it. But nonetheless, I want your will more than anything else that I want. And the other reason that messes with me is because it's Christ that's praying it, right? It is God praying this. And it's showing that Jesus's will wasn't always exactly the same as God's will. Because he was 100% God and 100% man. And he prays not my will, but yours be done. That statement makes no sense if that's the exact same will, right? So it's just showing, again, that humanness of Christ, not, you know, he is probably scared. I mean, I assume it's definitely stressful, and he knows what he's going into, and I don't know, maybe people would really hate me saying that, I don't know, but that's what it seems like to me. He's saying, you know, my will is to not do this, but nonetheless, not my will, but your will be done. And I think some people might say, hey, well, hold on. Having your will set against God's, that's sinning, right? That's like the definition of sin. But I think maybe it's more like he was feeling tempted to and tempted to, you know, go against God's will and say, hey, I really don't want to do this. But what we see in his prayer is he's offering it up and he's saying, thy will be done. This is what I'm feeling, you know, 
the Bible yeah. says clearly Jesus was tempted on several occasions, but he never gave into it, right? Yeah. And this might have been one of those. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's tempting to when you can just take away your biggest problem or your the biggest thing that's stressing you out, right? Just make it go away. It's very got to be tempting. Yeah, and that same line that you brought up, not my will, but thy will be done, is shows up in the Lord's prayer as well. Thy will be done. Oh yeah, thy kingdom as, come. Thy kingdom come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, the two both yeah both examples we've brought up so far have tied that in as a core part of the theme there. Yeah, putting God's will first, you know, and that's part of the, and the other Bible also says to pray continuously, which is confusing because um, you can't, you just, we don't have the mental capacity to be constantly, you know, praying with our, with words at the very least. And that's what gets me is into thinking there's, you can pray without using words, right? And there's also praying in tongues, which some people say is still happening and other people say is not. And I don't want to get into any of that at all. I do personally believe in praying in tongues. I've seen it and it, to me, everything about it, I, I don't know. But anyway, not trying to get into all of that, but I, the only reason I mentioned it was because it's another form of praying and it seems to me very similar to praying without words. It's praying from and with your spirit, right? It's just forming that connection. It's almost just like remembering that God is with you and watching over you constantly, right? Just having constantly in the back of your mind that God's here with me. He's, I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing, I'm going to try my best to do his will and put that first. And just remembering that I think is a praying and you know in one way of looking at it at least yeah and this along the same idea there the way i kind of think about pray continuously is just to try to always be connected to god and because i'll find myself most of the time by the end of the day i go oh man i really drifted and i haven't been thinking about or acting like i'm connected to like i have christ living inside of me i kind of I got a little dist- pretty distracted, and so um, that's the way, one of the ways I think about praying continuously is just try to be continuously checking yourself as much as you can remind yourself, and as you as you continue to remind yourself, you start to stay in the habit of just staying. I think connected. that's and that's the reason that we pray before meals and before we go to bed at night. It's not that God ever in the Bible tells us you need to pray before you eat every single time. I don't think. Uh, Definitely an Old Testament law. I, I think, mean, right? oh, I don't, honestly, I, Boy, don't I know. feel like we should look that one. Got to Google it. Know. But while you're googling that, I'll talk about. You know, I think the the benefit of that is. Not to just like check this out. Okay, I'm a Christian, so I have to do this every time I eat. But it's that it's just setting, getting in the habit of reminding yourself constantly that God is with you and that He's you're connected with Him, right? And so that's what I mentioned. It can get repetitive when you say this prayers before your meals and before bed every single night. You can start to say the same things over and over, and that might be a problem if you are moving your mouth without yeah. actually putting any thought or anything else into that right but really the words that you're saying aren't nearly as important as where your spirit's at where your 
your soul, where your heart is at? Are you focused on God or are you just saying words into the air? It's really not even worth saying anything if there's no heart behind it. The same is true with your own relationships. Yeah. Like, especially here in the South, maybe this is just my cultural opinion, but here in the South, you always ask everybody, how's it going? Hey, how are you doing? And a lot of the times they don't actually, they aren't actually looking for a serious response. It's just a way of saying, hey, (laughs) saying hello, you know? And I feel like same thing in our prayers. Like if, if we don't actually, if the intention behind our words isn't there, the heart behind them, then it's probably not worth saying, you know, the words themselves aren't doing anything for you. Um, I did find um, Deuteronomy 8.10 says, when you have eaten and are satisfied, satisfied, bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. So it doesn't, you know, specifically um, make so that it's a like commandment. like after you eat, but yeah. yeah, yeah Which that's know. interesting, you know, what if we prayed <laughs> instead after we ate? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anyway, I'm not knocking praying before your meals. I'm just saying that, you know, remember that it's a prayer and not make it a prayer and not just words that you say before you eat every time, you know? I guess the other thing, and I'm still going back to thinking about, should we pray before meals? But that's one of the things we see Jesus doing, you know, before he breaks the bread, he gives thanks. And so as Christians, literally Christ, Christians, Christ imitators, imitators, you know, that's probably a a good, good thing to add to your, your own rituals. And that's what, what I, another thing I wanted to bring up is, like we've said, so much of our prayer life can become ritual, and and it becomes almost liturgical, uh, meaning it's part of a ritual and a set out planned thing. And there's a lot of value to that, and I think it's really valuable to have parts of your faith, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, have parts of your faith that are personalized and that are established and it's yeah a ritual you know even if it you know it becomes very repetitive but that's for a reason it's to constantly keep you in this mindset yeah so having things that are ritual i think is very important but i i think we miss out on a lot if we let that be the only part of our prayer life you know and again i keep tying it to human relationships because i think that's kind of the whole idea behind praying with words and stuff God doesn't need spoken language. It's for our own benefit because he knows that's how we relate to other people. And so it's a useful tool. When we talk to people, we have rituals built into that as well. And part of that is the greeting. It's sometimes pretty repetitive, but it's how we start things off. You know, and we have greetings, we have goodbyes, certain people, there's things you do every time you're around them. It's part of the relationship but if that's all that it was, it would be really a dry relationship. Yeah. It'd be pretty boring. And so there's also this other aspect of things, which is new, engaging conversations and things you say to each other. And so I think we'd be missing out on a lot of our prayer life if we didn't have, you know, pieces of, you know, taking time out of our day to pray outside of just the ritual, just the repetitive and the, you know, the snippets of prayer that we kind of repeat over and over, but, you know, saying something new. You know, this is going to sound real off topic, but it's a good example of the point I want to make. When I was, um, I don't know, 16, 17, I got a job as a host at this restaurant in town. 
And I was really excited. Mainly, I was greeting people at the door, showing them their table, and then clearing off tables once people left. Got the job. Real excited. You know, enjoying it. A couple weeks in, the excitement wore off, and I just started to hate it. Like, just dreaded going to work. Would drive, park, sit in the parking lot, and stare at the building uh, till the last minute before I had to go in. It was just miserable, right? And it just felt like such a chore to have to do this. But then... After like three months of that, it just, that feeling just went away and it just became, it didn't, wasn't something I dreaded. It wasn't something I enjoyed. It was just something that I did, right? It had become a habit. Going to work and doing that job became a habit. And I think that's the power of forming habits. Same thing when you, people want to work out and get in shape and it's so, you know, they get excited motivated and excited and they go for a week and then the excitement and the news in wears january. off <laughs> yeah, One in week january in january after they make their new year's resolutions and then the excitement and the newness wears off and it becomes just miserable and they hate it but most people quit if they don't quit at some point it just becomes a habit and it's just they don't think about it about whether they feel like going or not it's just they go and they work out because that's what they do and then eventually most people start to enjoy it you know and so when we get into this, if we can make prayer a habit, yeah. if we can form habits of, okay, I pray before every meal, I pray before I go to bed, I wake up in the morning and I read my Bible, it's kind of tough or almost risky, I guess, because you can make it, it can become one, either something you do completely mindlessly and then that has no meaning and no benefit to you. Or it could become something that you start to dread and you just are miserable and it's like a chore and that's also wrong. You know, you're not, you don't have to earn points, Christian points with God, you know, it's a relationship. It's, it should not be something, if you're starting to dread spending time with him in prayer, then you're not actually spending time with him. You're going through the motions and trying to check off a list, right? Um, but having those habits, making it into a habit where it's like, okay, it doesn't matter how I'm feeling. It doesn't matter anything else really. If I'm, if my, unless something completely unforeseen happens, I'm not even like at home that day or something. Then at five o'clock I get home and I read my Bible for 20 minutes or I pray for 20 minutes and you just do it every day without even thinking about it. And then, but then or at least you start the process without thinking about it. And it might start out with that mindlessness, that repetitiveness at some points. But I think it can also be a benefit. I think it's better to do it mindlessly than it is to not do it ever. Because occasionally, if you get in the habit of praying, and but you're not actually praying, you're just saying the words that you say every day, sometimes you're going to actually start praying, yeah. right? Um, it's better to actually pray and not be mindless at any point, but we're human beings. And I think if you have that habit, yeah, it gives, and I'm kind of just figuring this out as I go. So I'm sorry if this is just completely scatterbrained, but I think you talk about liturgical, like routine type of things. And this can be more than just praying, but we're taught the podcast episodes about praying. Um, so I'll keep talking about that i think it gives you it makes you stop hopefully at least every day and it gives you the perfect opportunity 
to really talk to God if you get in the habit, you know, and I don't know. I don't want to just keep repeating it because I don't want it to be mindless, but I do think it's better to do it mindlessly as a habit than it is to never do it at all. Yeah. And I think like when it does, and I I don't want to say it's inevitable, inevitable, but it's highly likely at some point in your Christian life, you'll find prayer has become just a routine, like we're saying, and there's not a ton of, there's not a ton of meat to it maybe. And so I think what you're saying is don't just don't see that as a reason to just stop going through the motions of yeah, it. Yeah, if you realize but that you're just repeating yourself, let that be a wake up call to start putting some heart and some real, you know, thought and communication into your prayers. Now, if you are finding yourself miserable every time you go to read your Bible or pray, then I think okay, something needs to change. Maybe it's your routine, maybe it's something, you know, and I'm not saying you should stop trying to talk to God, but there is something that needs to change because that's not right or healthy at all. And one of the crazy thing is we can pray to God to help us desire to pray, right? That's one of the craziest, that's one of the biggest things that I've learned maybe Mm -hmm. is that God, we can ask God to put his, to change out our desires for his desires so that and that's what we do when we pray that's the the whole thing of not my will but your will be done right give me your will yeah and like what is there what better thing is there to pray for than that we would just be uh we would just be absolutely starving to get into the word and read or that we would be like impatient to get into time with god like we couldn't wait to get into it and like God wants that for us. So pray for it. That might be one of the most important things to pray for. And another part of praying that I think is incredibly beneficial and gets not, gets overlooked a lot is taking time when you pray to listen and not just say everything you want to say and then be done and go, you know, back to your phone or whatever, but to just sit, be still and know that he is God and listen, he might have something to tell you, right? And when I say God tells you things, some some people are going to probably have issues with that. You know, if I think I'm talking about an audible voice or not, I don't know. God speaks in so many different ways. For me, it's always been like, just a overwhelming sense of peace about something that I have no reason to have peace about. I might be miserable or hate everything else about it, but I just feel like it's the right way thing to do, you know, something like that. Anyway, I'm not trying to get into the theology of how God speaks to people. I'm just saying he does speak to you. And if you listen, you might be able to hear it because <laughs> if you're not listening, you're not going to hear it, right? And that's something I wanted to to just, you know, bounce back and forth. I think there's so many different ways we can pray. And like, I think that's really valuable to try a few, to try new ways to communicate to God. And that's one of the big ones is not making it a time set apart for you to just give a speech to God, right? But instead making it a time set apart just to quiet yourself, focusing on him, right? It's not just a passive thing where you're just sitting there, mm-hmm. but trying to focus on him and and try to hear if he's, you know, got anything to, to say to you. 
I think that's one really good kind of strategy for prayer, one other unique method for it. Um, and another one I know you you know a lot about is the journaling one, which I think is worth sharing. Yeah, so I learned this from Ken Helser. He's a Jonathan Helser's dad. Jonathan Helser, the guy who wrote Abba, Father, and No Longer Slaves, that guy. Um, his dad shared something that I have, I did it like every day for a long time, and I still do it whenever I sit down to journal. Um, every day his John, or Ken will write a prayer, his prayer to God, and then he'll skip a couple lines, and then he'll write God's response, right? And some people I know are going to hear that, like, that's ridiculous. You know, you're just, you're, you're, or even maybe be offended by it, you know? And I think you might be reading into it a little bit too much, you know? I. It's just, it's not like you're going out and claiming to be a prophet or anything like that. It's just in your own personal journal, you write your prayer and then you write what God says back to you and it's don't overthink it just skip a couple lines and then start writing and you know Ken I remember him sharing like it's been incredible for him to look back because you know you can always see how God was working in hindsight way more than you can in the present or in the future right and can't sit there and overthink it or worry that you're going to write the wrong thing down or anything like that. You know, it's not, this is just your own personal journal. Let's say you are totally wrong and God isn't trying to tell you any of that, right? Then it's okay. So what, you know, you're just practicing listening to God. That's all it is, is you're getting yourself in the habit of actually listening for a response after you say a prayer. Yeah, which is hard to do, and that's a really good method to practically practice listening for a response. Um, another weird one for me personally, and this might not apply to a lot of people, but for me, one of the one of my favorite ways to pray is really strange is to play the piano. Oh yeah, and it's not it's not a verbal prayer at all, but it's just you know. For me, not being, first of all, I'm not a very emotional person, and you know that. But playing the piano is one of the most, one of the times where I can feel and I have like the most emotions I have usually is while I'm playing the piano. And so being able to play the piano, feeling these things, and just offering them up to God, inviting, kind of just saying, hey, joining in. The same way we offer up our prayers to God, offering up some music and emotions that I feel along with it. Um, it's I don't know how to describe this well, but for people that play an instrument, it might be a really valuable thing to try. You know, it can't hurt to try once. It might be some of the most meaningful prayers you've ever had, and it might be absolutely worthless to you. But all of this is just some things that might be interesting to try in your prayer life. Do you have any other? I'm really curious about just other little tech tactics, techniques that yeah. could be that could be worth trying for people. Do you have any other? I know um, praying in tongues. Again, some people are gonna be offended and think that my theology is bad if I talk about praying in tongues. But you know, try it out. 
that's the only thing I can tell you because I, I personally, I've, I've done it and gotten stuff, felt benefits, yeah. same thing. But most of the time, I don't open my mouth when I would consider myself praying in tongues. Most of the time, it's just I'm silent. I'm still kind of like looks like meditation almost. I'm just trying to completely focus my spirit on God and just focusing on him. And I don't want words to get in the way. Right. I don't want to take the time or the brain power to come up with words that just feels like a waste when I can just be in the presence of God. That's try, you know, go and sit, find a quiet spot in your house, a prayer closet, something, and just sit down and just be with God, you know? And I know that you know, through people in my family um, and my wife's family that pray in tongues when they do this. Like this is, the, and I don't know that if it's the same thing. It sounds like the same thing to me when I talk to them about it, except for they say things out loud and I don't, right? Because when I say things out loud, I feel like it distracts me. But maybe it'll help you focus, right? But the main thing is just to sit quietly and focus on God. Yeah, I've I've done something similar, not with any kind of vocalization, but just instead of trying to come up with words to say, because oftentimes I find myself praying about stuff that I don't really feel, and so instead I just try to, I just try to see what I'm feeling, and as I am aware of things that I'm feeling, stressed about this, get, ask God about it. Okay, happy about this, give thanks to God about it. You know, as instead of saying the words that come to mind first, I let the things that I'm feeling rise first and then br- bring them to God. This is also the benefit of of the prayers that we have in the Bible and like the Catholic, all those prayers that they recite. Yeah. You know, you don't, it's, you don't have to come up with the words on your own. Same thing. You can just focus your spirit on God and just repeat these words like a mantra. Yes. You know, that's actually and, what I was going to bring up next. Yeah. It's just repeating this prayer that you know so well that you don't have to think about it. And it just opens up brain space, I guess, for you to focus on God. You know, I think that can be very helpful. And one other way that I know that I pray is, especially I found if I'm frustrated or stressed about something, to go outside most of the time if I can into the woods up the mountain somewhere where I know that I'm by myself and pray out loud verbally to God and it's and just talk to him you know just like you just like you pray just like you talk to somebody but to do it out loud it feels like almost difficult to start talking most of the time (laughs) you know because there's still that part of you that's like I am by myself. I'm, it feels weird to talk out loud when there's not another human being standing next to me. But, you know, I think it is, it's like, I don't know. I'm not smart enough or articulate enough to explain what it is, but I would recommend you try it. Yeah. Yeah. I think all of these, we've come to this idea before, but try it. And if it doesn't help you, don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah, if try it out. If it's beneficial, great. If it's not helping you, get rid of it. Don't. Yeah. Another one, along with the um, uh, mantra, is you know finding a verse or something. And 
I've done it with verses that I like was really feeling at the moment, like really seemed to like make sense with my situation and just reading through it over and over and over again, just kind of a strange thing, but it, again, it just helps you have your mind, something to focus on physically in front of you. And it can help you keep from letting, keep your mind from wandering all over the place. Um, But I've also done it just with like, Verses that didn't quite make sense to me as I'm reading and like you hit that verse that's like, what in the world am I even, what is the Bible even saying here? Um, sometimes it can be interesting just to pray it over and over and over again and see, you know, if if anything comes of it. Um, and so I think there's a lot of, that's like a very kind of Eastern religion kind of thing to say, to have a mantra, which is just a prayer that's repeated over and over and over again. Um, but I think it, there's a lot of value to it. And one of the major ones being it's harder for your mind to wander mm-hmm. is you can really focus on something. And again, it's just kind of trying to quiet yourself and hear from God. The biggest thing is just to be honest about it. You know, be honest with God, be honest with yourself and don't pray to anything else other than God, right? Like, you know, I think about in the Bible, talking about people who pray loud, you know, these guys who pray loudly to show off. And that's definitely not going to do you any good. Yeah, Yeah, man, where is that in the Bible? That's another one that I might want to look up as well. The other thing, which, again, people, it can, you know, sometimes in church, it can be, a, am sure... There's times where it comes to a pride thing, people that, you know, lift up their hands while praying and stuff. Part of it can be overcoming your own pride to do it if God's telling you to do it. And then sometimes, and it's always tough because I don't want to be, you know, now I'm becoming a a judger, which is not good. But I'm sure people raise up their hands trying to look like they're super religious. I mean, definitely you can do anything out of pride. You can lift your hands out of humility because you don't want to and yeah. you feel like it makes you look or sorry you can yeah lift your hands out of humility because you feel like you look better with your hands in your pockets or you can lift your hands out of pride because you feel like you look more spiritual with your hands up you know i you but you have no way of knowing what's going on in other people's hearts yeah but that's one of that's my currently the biggest thing that i feel like i'm learning in my prayer life is doing something physically to show my and to remind my own body and my own wandering mind that I'm praying. And I, again, that's a big reason to, for me to do the hands together, the clasped hands together, or especially even if like a, in a weird way that I'm, my hands don't naturally fall into like this one, the classic, like palms together, fingers extended hand. Like if you look Google, like prayer hands. <laughs> yeah. The it's emoji. Like, yeah. The emoji. You know, that's like a weird, like your hands aren't relaxed in that stance and it keeps your hands, you know, it's, they're not messing with anything, but it also is something that requires some mental concentration. So it's like, keeps you focused on what you're doing, you know? So doing the hands and yeah. And you, what's cool is it's communication too. Part of how we talk to people is with our hands. And so if you're asking for, you know, offering something up can be like this, praising you can open up your hands. We have yeah. different things we can do with our hands based off of what we're praying, which is really neat. 
And then even bigger than that, like it's not a requirement, but if you've never tried praying on your knees, yeah. like I think oh, that's man. worth trying. Because what a way to posture your whole body along with hopefully the posture of your heart before God. And I think it's really, really valuable it and is. worth trying. It's, I, yeah, I remember starting to do that and I was like, I should have been doing this a long time ago. Yeah. It's so, just to really get everything that you've got that you can control and put it into this yeah. prayer. And again, like the, your body does not, it does not matter if you're on your knees or if you're laying in bed or if you're driving, but the posture of your body. Don't close can... your eyes to pray if you're driving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it matters a little bit if you're driving, but it doesn't affect, yeah, your ability to pray at all. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, the posture of your body really does not matter. The only reason it's worth doing is if it affects the posture of your heart, right? And if it helps you actually focus on what you're praying, you know? And I think most people know that and what they get from that is okay well i'll just pray laying down in bed before i go to sleep and that's absolutely valid but you might have a you might have an easier time trying to communicate with god if you can actually your mind won't wander as much yeah. yeah it's funny we talk about making prayer routine and and then also yeah getting out of your routine <laughs> to pray yeah cuz in that might be sound confusing but there is yeah, it's benefits to it. You know, it's mainly just about finding ways to remind yourself to talk to God and to stay connected with Him, you know, and whatever works for you, do that. <laughs> you know, we've given different examples and techniques and things that we do, but what, if it works, great. If it doesn't, don't worry about it. You know, find something that works for you and just spend time with God. Yeah. There's a lot of things you can, a lot of different things you can say, right? And we've already mentioned asking for things, I think, is the rut that we can tend to fall into is just, hey, here's all the things I'm worried about. Ask God to, to help you in them or to take care of them for you. And asking for things is definitely a big part, but also giving thanks. Also giving praise and listening, I think, are four good places to start if you're trying to just start thinking about how to talk to God. I think that's, that's a good, you know, four points to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed talking about prayer. Um, I feel like we had a better game, a better understanding of it, gained some tips, a good reminder to pray. Um, you guys can, you know, if you have anything to say, any questions, any comments, if we got anything wrong, let us know. Don't, come on, don't just leave us in our ignorance. Let us know when we're wrong, please. Um, and at least I would be really interested if anybody else has a strategy, a method for prayer that they, that you use that really helps you communicate with God. Let us know. I'd love to know about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, there's, you can email us. There's social media links and things in the description. And we'll see you next time.